This episode of Shakespeare's is brought to you by Danner Boots. At Danner, they believe in the quality of their footwear, and Danner's Trail 2650 hikers are made with the company's tried and true standard for durability and comfort. Inspired by and named for the 2,650-mile Pacific Crest Trail, these versatile hikers are built to keep you moving quickly and confidently through any terrain. Crafted with lightweight materials meant to withstand tough conditions, they provide traction and stability on uneven ground. An ultra-lightweight foam midsole cushions the foot, while the outsole offers confidence-inspiring grip for every step in any condition. Available with breathable mesh lining or waterproof Gore-Tex, the Trail 2650 is up for a variety of landscapes. Whether hitting the trail or strolling through town, these shoes are ready for the rigors and rewards of your next adventure. You can shop Danner's Trail 2650 hikers online at REI or via danner.com slash trail 2650. That's D-A-N-N-E-R dot com slash trail 2650. Celebrating the belief that there's always another adventure to look forward to, winter 2021 is getting geared up, and so is the Icon Pass community. Now's the time to connect with the crew and start making plans to get the most out of winter 2021. With an Icon Pass, that means more unique ski destinations near you, more days at the mountain, and a season of brand new adventures. With winter just over the horizon, walk in tomorrow's turns today and get ready to explore wide open spaces and carve endless lines through fresh mountain air. Select the Icon Pass to optimize a full season or kickstart your winter adventures with the Icon Pass Session 4 day. On sale now, every 2021 Icon Pass comes with adventure assurance, giving you the confidence to ride. Discover what mountains and pass options are accessible to you and plan for a winter of adventure at icompass.com. That's I-K-O-N-P-A-S-S dot com. I'm Gail Straub, and you're listening to She Explores. This is part one of a two-part series on plus-size snow gear. Both are available in your feed today. There's like a moment when you're skiing if everything lines up properly, like on a freshly groomed trail or fresh powder, when you can like get your edge digging in and building up momentum through the like pressure of the ski where it like kind of snaps under your body and it's just like such a satisfying feeling it feels like floating or flying like skiing because it's not like running or or other modes of transportation the feeling of coasting is just pure joy that feeling of weightlessness of almost flying it's something we experience as kids pumping our legs on a playground swing higher and higher into the air It's a freeing feeling that we crave, no matter our age, and skiing and snowboarding are one way to unlock it. But it's no secret that there are various barriers to snow sports for many people. It's often expensive and difficult to access. Snow communities can be insular, the dialect unique and intimidating for the uninitiated. And for plus-size people, it's often downright impossible to find the gear necessary to get out and stay warm, safe, and dry on the mountain. That's what this two-part series is all about. In part one, we talk with Marielle Elizabeth. Marielle is a photographer, model, fat advocate, and the writer of a viral essay in The Cut titled, Apparently I'm Too Fat to Ski. Marielle speaks firsthand about the need for plus-size winter apparel, as well as the changes she'd like to see across the outdoor industry. In part two, we'll hear from Mom Ballin, the founder of Plus Snow, an online retail shop that sells plus-size snow gear to fulfill the need that Marielle speaks of. Before we jump in with Marielle, I want to disclose that I'm not plus size. 
I can casually walk into an outdoor shop and find base layers, insulation, and shelves that fit me. And for the most part, I can do it without judgment. Yet the average size of a woman in the United States is size 16. The outdoor industry should be devoting more resources to serving plus-size consumers. But you don't have to take it from me, and you really shouldn't. Take it from someone with lived experience, a fat woman who loves to ski. Oh God, I've been skiing since I was like six. I grew up in Canada. I live in a very Northern place. I believe uh, we're on the 53rd parallel and we often share the same weather as Siberia. So I live in a very cold climate. Right now there's a foot of snow on the ground. So I grew up ski racing. Um, It was something myself and my younger brother did. And so three times a week I was on a ski hill until junior high. And then in junior high, I would go to the Rocky Mountains almost every weekend to ski. So skiing was a huge part of my life growing up. Marielle loved the feeling of skiing, as we heard at the start of the episode. But she also loved the connections she made, the fun she had with friends and family, as well as the closeness to nature that she experienced while she was out there. Being able to do that with your friends, being able to do that with your loved ones or your family is such a joy because you get to have this unique experience. You get to experience nature from a perspective we so rarely get to, to be completely absorbed by a mountain. And then to be able to talk and share that with people is like, what a wonderful experience. What an honor. Like, what what a great way to spend a weekend. Hmm. And, And when was the last time you went skiing? (laughs) Like a decade ago, I would say close to a decade ago. It would have been around the time I actually was certified as a ski instructor, as a race coach. My friend and I went when I was in university. I would have been in my first or second year of university. I was a varsity athlete at the time. I wrestled Olympically, like not in the Olympics, but like that style of wrestling. Um, And I wrestled for Team Canada as well as my university. It paid for my university. And so I would have still been a very competitive athlete at that time when I last went skiing. And you write in your article from The Cut that you specifically say that clothing confers access. So a piece of of not skiing in this last 10 years has been because you really haven't had the kind of access that you could have had had you had the clothing in order to ski. I think that when we think about clothing, we often resolve it to something a little more frivolous than it is in actuality. Clothing is something fun you get to pick from and get to wear when it's readily available. But if you exist in larger sizes, if you have uh, mobility challenges, if you have other things in your life that dictate the clothing that you're allowed to wear it immediately becomes clear how reliant we are as on clothing as a way to access certain spaces. So obviously, for the purpose of this conversation, we're talking about winter sports. Okay, well, I want to go snowshoeing. I say this as a person that legitimately owns snowshoes. Well, I'm going to need base layers. I'm going to need gloves. I'm going to need boots that fit my calves. I'm going to need some sort of water-resistant pant, and I'm going to need a strong and warm coat. Great. Okay. Let's say you're a size 24 or a size 26, the ability to find any of those items just got extremely narrow, if not impossible. 
my interest in snowshoeing hasn't changed in the course of the sentence. The ability to find my size and my clothing is the thing that's holding me back. And I think that that experience um, exists in so many spaces. I mean, if you look at plus size people trying to find clothing for job interviews, trying to find clothing to work in corporate environments, trying to find clothing for black tie events or wedding parties or any part of your life that requires very specific apparel, uh, often those are the places where you see this huge lack of choice, if there is choice at all, for people that are plus size. And it's not just about not having the right thing to wear, it's having the ability to take part and exist in those spaces. And then it becomes kind of this self-fulfilling prophecy of, well, I never see fat people on the ski hill, or I never see fat people at fancy events, or I never see fat people in high paying jobs. It must be because they don't want to be in that space. It must be because they're not motivated to put themselves in those spaces. When in reality, it's we don't have the vital things that we need to be a part of those spaces. And so how on earth could we possibly exist in those spaces? And then from a brand side, They'll go, oh, well, we don't have customers in those sizes. And it's like, well, you don't sell those sizes. How could you possibly know that there are people that want to do this activity if you're making it impossible for them to do it? And then if they do potentially sell those sizes, they might not do as good a job as they could marketing the fact that they sell those sizes. Yep, that's a big issue. I think it's I think it's really interesting the number of brands that will launch a plus size collection and do the bare minimum of marketing or market it for the week that they launch it and then immediately remove those images of larger bodies from their social media, from their landing page. So it becomes extremely hard for plus size people to find the places that actually sell their sizes because we are so underrepresented in their media and marketing. And I think it's a little bit ridiculous to assume plus size people are just going to every website hoping that they have a plus size section that will fit them instead of brands taking on that initiative, reaching out to outdoors groups that uh, focus on fat people or outdoor groups that focus on folks of all bodies wanting to get back into nature and really trying to market in those directions. When you have found plus size outdoor apparel, whether it's been snow or otherwise related, has it largely been through word of mouth or through those, those say, like Fat Girls Hiking or like another group that is catering mm-hmm. to, to plus size outdoor lovers? Like, has that been how you found gear? Yes, absolutely. A hundred percent. I think that the fat community is so uh, intermeshed and so committed to helping one another find success. I spend a lot of time talking about ethical fashion as well. And it is amazing to see that in like buy, sell, trade groups, things like that. There are constantly people asking questions to other plus size people. How does the fit of this brand actually work in real life? Did you like the quality of it? Was their size chart accurate to the size that they say that it is? That sort of of inside information, one-to-one, is, I would argue, so strong in the plus size community because size charts are chaos. Uh, They're different from brand to brand. The fit of one, like my closet right now, I have things from an XXL to a 5X. Mm. 
that's like a six size spread. And so, uh, yeah, I think that there is this wonderful sense of camaraderie of people wanting to help one another out within the plus size community to be successful, especially because almost all clothing that I buy, and I think most people buy uh, when you are above straight sizing um, is online. And so you're adding in this other level of risk where you're buying something without ever trying it on from a company you may have never tried on clothing from and are hoping that by the time it gets to you, it fits like it says it will. And I think that there's this other, like that's this other piece to access and to plus size people taking up winter sports is the amount of commitment to the financial investment, to waiting, to finding the piece to begin with is just so high that with all those barriers, it almost reaches this point of where you go, well, is it actually worth it for me to invest my time and money into this endeavor? Mm. Well, what would you say are some of the other, you know, I feel like we've touched on a few, but some of the other misconceptions about plus size people and snow sports? Uh, I think the biggest misconception is that plus size people just aren't interested in exercising or being outdoors. I think that misconception comes from years of marketing one specific type of body in the wilderness, much like we've seen in fashion forever. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I think that when we keep seeing the same person in the outdoors or the same like archetype of who who exists in these spaces, it's really hard for us to challenge ourselves and ask, well, why don't we see other people? Or am I not participating in this activity as a plus size person because I simply don't see myself in these spaces? And if I don't see myself in these spaces and therefore I won't participate in them, then how will we ever shift that baseline of who is in the great outdoors? And I also think another really big barrier that is always worth mentioning is the idea that fitness is only this one thing um, in the sense of like, if I want to go hiking, it has to be up a mountain. I have to bring a huge backpack. It has to be eight hours. I have to be willing to endure it indefinitely. And I think Kind of the same applies to winter sports. It has to be in the freezing cold. It has to be hard. I have to be willing to be outside for hours. Whereas I think that engaging in winter sports can be as simple as bundling up and going for a long walk in your neighborhood or taking advantage of green spaces in your city. I had a wonderful talk with my partner uh, recently after we did a 5K hike up a, you know, mid-size, mid-size mountain in Banff. And I said, like, I really dislike hiking uphill. And uh, my partner said, but that's what hiking is. And I said, no, I would argue that hiking is spending time outdoors and being in nature. And so even just redefining what an outdoor activity looks like, whether it's in the summer or the winter, is so important when asking, am I making this accessible for more people? We'll talk with Marielle about the kind of shopping experience she'd like to have, as well as how straight-sized folks can help speak up for change. All that and more after the break. Whenever I need a midweek reset, I lace up my hiking shoes, my Danner Trail 2650s, and I jump in my car to drive a relaxing 10 minutes to right here, my favorite trailhead in southern Maine. Looking up at old-growth pine and hemlock trees, I feel energized in a way that I sometimes struggle to access at home in front of my laptop. 
The trail is just a two-mile loop, but I'm never bored. Maybe it's the ever-changing flow of the tidal river or the surprise of spotting a cellar hole in the woods. The Danner Trail 2650s are inspired by the Pacific Crest Trail. Its 2,650 miles provides a staggering variety of terrain over its epic expanse. And when we're in front of ever-changing trails, you need your shoes to be able to step up to the challenge. Built to move quickly and confidently through the terrain of your choosing, the Trail 2650 can easily fill the role of a hiker or trainer. For Danner, this meant looking to lightweight materials that could withstand the demands of the trail, like an ultra-lightweight faux midsole, while still keeping comfort and stability in mind. As much as I dream, I may never hike the entire Pacific Crest Trail, but the more I set out on midweek resets, the closer I feel to nature, and the more I plan for those longer hikes and adventures. And either way, I'll feel confident with a pair of Danner Trail 2650s on my feet. You can shop Danner's Trail 2650 hikers online at REI or via danner.com slash trail 2650. That's D-A-N-N-E-R dot com slash trail 2650. Celebrating the belief that there is always another adventure to look forward to, winter 2021 is getting geared up, and so is the Icon Pass community. Now's the time to start planning winter adventures with your family and friends. Whether it's days with the crew at your home mountain, or if it's trying out skiing or snowboarding for the first time, an Icon Pass unlocks it all. Across more than 40 unique Icon Pass destinations, there's bound to be at least one accessible mountain for you to explore wide open spaces and carve endless lines through fresh mountain air. Put an Icon Pass in your pocket to unlock it all. You can choose from their full Icon Pass at $1,149, the Icon Base Pass at $849, or kickstart your winter adventures with the Icon Pass Session 4 Day at $499, all through early December 2020. No matter your skill level or how often you ride, seek your turns this winter with an Icon Pass. Road trip ready for adventures close to home or further down the road, every experience is one for the books. While the mountains connect us all, it's this unique community that helps to hold us together and reminds us to keep safely seeking joy this season. On sale now, every 2021 Icon Pass comes with adventure assurance, including credit towards the 21-22 pass in case of COVID-19 closures, and more time to defer the value of an unused 2021 Icon Pass. No questions asked. Discover pass options and plan for a winter of adventure at IconPass.com. That's I-K-O-N-P-A-S-S dot com. We're back. Before the break, Mariel discussed the importance of broadening our definition of outdoor activities to be more accessible for more people, especially people in larger bodies. But as we talk about the many ways we can move our bodies in nature, those bodies still need apparel and accessories to have fun out there. I think base layers is such a great example of that is I believe plus snow does have base layers and they're one of the first companies I've seen actually create plus size base layers because I find so many winter brands will do a snow pant, will do a jacket. And by so many, I mean like six, Mm. uh, like so many, I'm putting that in air quotes, uh, (laughs) without ever thinking of like base layers, long underwear, thermal, like things, polar fleeces, merino sweaters, like all the things that you wear under the coat because like owning snow pants is great but I'm not going to own snow pants and go bare legged under them (laughs) Uh, and I'm not going to wear jeans if I'm going skiing so we've kind of looped back to 
the initial challenge. So really thinking about what the apparel looks like in a really broad sense, I think is so important for these uh, designers and manufacturers. And I would imagine having those designers and manufacturers talking to people like you, you know, like you're an advocate, you're out there, you are having conversations with outdoor companies to help change what their inventory looks like and who they're serving and, and what their marketing looks like. Yeah, absolutely. And reaching out to plus size outdoor communities and and giving clothing away for fit testing or reaching out to the leaders of those groups. I know Gregory Backpacks, I believe it's Gregory, Gregoire, Gregory uh, Backpacks uh, just worked with uh, Jenny Brusso, who does uh, one of the like plus size hiking groups. The name escapes me right now. Unlikely hikers. Yes. Uh, to do backpacks. And they're going to be this spring releasing a line of 20 backpacks for a variety of activities. And I was actually talking to Jenny about it and, and small things like it's not just making sure that the hip pads fit, but making sure that the pocket is actually where it would need to be to be accessible. Mm-hmm. If you had larger hips, if you had a larger belly, that kind of stuff. So you don't have to take your pack off every time you want to grab your phone or uh, check the time or things like that, have a snack. So it's so imperative to be working with plus size people if you're designing for plus size people. It's so imperative to be working with plus size people if you're marketing to plus size people. I can't tell you how many times I've messaged brands and been like, all of the copy on your website says flattering and it just sounds so fat phobic. So like, just, just take it away. Say a tighter silhouette, say tailored construction. Like there are so many better words just Get rid of that word off your website because it is not helping. What kind of experience would you like to have, like, if you were walking into a, a large retail store, say REI, you know, and, and you're looking for, for the gear that you need for whatever outdoor adventure you're going to do? Like, what kind of experience would you like to have? Oh, that's a... A wonderful question, and I want to just note that you asking me that question gave me such an emotional response because I can't imagine what that would be like Mm. to shop for snow gear in person at this point in my life. I think it would be having the full range of sizes, not just the 1X or the 2X. I think it would be bringing in the full range from brands. And, and have enough to be able to assemble like a full outfit, have enough to be able to like build all the pieces you need for whatever sport you're wanting to, to do. And I think a really big onus on the type of apparel that is like not an impulse purchase, but a necessity purchase, the thought of being able to go into a large outdoor retailer and buy a raincoat easily that fits my hips and fits my bust and doesn't feel like it's low key trying to strangle me uh, anytime I move is like honestly making me tear up, which I think really illustrates the emotional connection to the thought of being able to buy clothing in person. About two or three years ago, I went to Calgary. I I live in Edmonton. I went to Calgary because I couldn't find anything in Edmonton. And I went to like, I don't know, probably 15 stores. And there wasn't a single item above a 1XL. And I wanted a winter coat and I went to multiple outdoor stores. I went to like Cabela's. I went to Atmosphere. I went to all of the big uh, sport retailers and then all of like the higher end shops and repeatedly being told, oh, no, they sell that online from their store. So you could buy it that way. And me being like, 
if I'm buying a Canada, Canada goose jacket, I would like to try it on once, please. And thank you before I spend a thousand dollars on yeah. that. <laughs> like, ugh. um, so I, uh, any amount of outdoor apparel in person would be an amazing first step. I cannot think of a place where I live in Canada where I could go into a store and buy plus size ski apparel. Uh, Additionnel briefly had it, but they closed this summer. Uh, so I'd, I'd say anything would be an improvement. Hmm. Oh, and I'm hearing that and I'm like, that feels like it's a baseline, you know, like it's like this is what it should that just feels like the minimum. You know, when you say anything would be an improvement and then I start to think about like, well, what about cuter clothes? You know, like the jacket's not it doesn't just fit and perform. It also looks cute or, you know, looking up at the walls and potentially seeing Jenny Brusso up on the wall, you know, like with with like yeah. an unlikely hikers hike. Or even having, you know, plus size people working in the store that have experience mm. with the clothes and can say like, oh, this works really well. Oh, this like this one, this seam kind of blew out after a while. So if you're planning on longer hikes, it might not be the best choice. This has lasted me for years. This is the one to get. Like, yeah, a, a person with product knowledge would be also conceptually oh, fantastic. But I think that understanding just how bleak the like scape is, the the existing space that we're in for plus size people that want to get into the outdoors is so important because if we understand how bad it is, maybe we'll be more motivated to fix it. And I think that there's this widespread assumption that it's so much easier than it is. But right now, where I live, in order to be able to go skiing, let's say you were, it's what, it's a Monday. Let's say you called me and said like, hey, let's go skiing this weekend. The hills are already open. It would be so fun. At this point, I would say I'm about three weeks out from being able to go skiing, period because I would need to be buying ski pants, buying a ski jacket, finding base layers, ordering all those things, mail delays. We're already looking at two weeks, assuming it's shipping from within Canada. If it's shipping from the US, unless I'm paying Priority Express shipping, it's going to sit in customs for about another two weeks. So we're looking at realistically, me being able to say yes to your invitation by early January, very quickly. Hmm. What about ski boots? Because you mentioned that oh, you might need, yeah. need boots that fit your calves. I have no idea what to tell you. I like, <laughs> yep, that's a problem. I have I have not heard of any ski boots that are specifically being manufactured for people that need more room in their ankles, feet, or calves. So I guess for some intrepid business person out there, that's a hole in the market. <laughs> yes, very much so. And it also reduces the ability for people to casually try something. So I can't just go to a ski club. Let's say I'd never skied before. I didn't know if I liked it. I didn't want to spend $1,000 on gear or, you know, higher amounts of money. It's less likely I'd be able to walk into a ski club and find ski boots that could fit onto my feet. So you talked about like the importance of the awareness of, you know, how bleak it is, you know, of there not being just these baseline products or this like baseline experience while shopping. And that it's important for more people to be aware of that. How can can straight sized people who want to help? What are some ways that they can join in to advocate for for more plus size apparel? 
Oh, I love that question. Um, I think it would be really helpful directly commenting on a brand's social media channels and saying like, hey, I know you sell plus sizing. Why don't I see more model diversity? I think directly reaching out to your favorite brand, if you have a brand of ski or winter sport apparel that you absolutely love and you check their size chart and they only go up to a large or an extra large, sending them an email and saying like, hey, I noticed you don't have a plus size section. I just wanted you to be aware that this is limiting not only for me potentially in the future, but also for people in my life that I want to be able to experience the outdoors with. I think that it should be made a bigger priority of your business and your company because X, Y, and Z, your brand model is all about people getting to explore the outdoors and you're limiting so many people. I hope you'll consider that for the future. I think making it clear that it's not just a plus size issue. In my article for The Cut, it was something my editor and I talked a lot about because yes, my inability to find snow apparel makes it hard for me to readily embrace the the great outdoors in the winter. But it also means that it's harder for my husband to be able to take me on winter adventures. Uh, it means that it's harder for me to go with my friends on winter adventures. It means it's harder across the board for so many people, regardless of size, because it's limiting this huge part of our population. And I think making it really clear that this is an issue that doesn't just affect fat people because it doesn't. It affects all of us. Um, It can be as simple as I have friends that work as outdoor ed teachers that are plus size and they struggle to have the appropriate apparel to teach their students in. It affects us in so many different ways. And I think understanding that it isn't just a fat problem, quote unquote, but it's a problem that reduces the ability for people you love to be outside and for them to be outside with you. And then using that as motivation to reach out to brands you like, to reach out to brands that you think could be doing better and to advocate. And the same is to to encourage brands that are offering plus sizing and let them know that you see that and appreciate Mm -hmm. that regardless of if you actually need to order those sizes. So saying like, Hey, I saw you offered this, this line in plus that's fantastic. Thank you so much for doing that. I look forward to seeing what you guys release next and really making it clear that this is something as a customer, you are watching, you are prioritizing and you are choosing to give your money to brands that are making the effort to be size diverse. And when you really step back and think about that, those are all fairly easy things to do. Yes. Apart from designing your own uh, plus size uh, winter (laughs) apparel line. Yeah, those would be kind of the bigger things. And then, oh, and then on the other hand, I think understanding these issues and barriers that your plus size friends might be facing and then adjusting how you approach winter activities with them. I think that there's a lot of shame for plus size people for not being able to be prepared or not feeling comfortable in the outdoor space because we never see ourselves there. And so I think that if you have a size privilege to really use that to to voice that you both understand what that person is going through and that you're happy to make changes to whatever your plans might be to best facilitate with what they have accessible in terms of clothing for their ability to get outside. So saying like, hey, I'd love to do an outdoor activity with you. What outdoor activities are ones that interest you or that you feel comfortable doing? Or, hey, I would really love to go on a winter hike with you. I know that jackets and things like that are a really big you know, challenge for people that are plus size. Would you like me to help you find some? Can I help assist you in shopping? Is there any way I can help take some of this like immense amount of work that goes into finding appropriate clothing off your plate? 
Um, or, or perhaps they have trauma related to outdoor exercise. And so again, giving them that opportunity of like, Hey, I'd like to go hiking. What's your ideal hike? Or I would love to go skiing, or I would love to go tobogganing or any of these winter things. What, what level or like what, what sounds fun for you within these choices? Because I think as a plus size person, it's already embarrassing enough to say, I don't have the gear to do that. I can't possibly find that by Friday before even going into like, I'm actually not that comfortable renting equipment or I'm not that comfortable doing a uh, high endurance levels of activity in winter because that's not something my body's typically accustomed to. So I think also really kind of meeting your friends where they're at and, and starting there to build confidence for both of you that this is the type of outdoor relationship that will be safe and encouraging for them instead of just feeling defeating or like another place where their body or they aren't measuring up. And ultimately, it ends up being a win for everyone because you get to see your friend. Everyone gets the positive, you know, benefits of of socializing in some way this winter, you know, where it's so much harder to see people indoors. You have the mental health benefits of moving your body in a way that feels comfortable. Like it's just a win, win, win all around. Yeah, I completely agree. I just I I think from a lot of plus size people spending time in the great outdoors, spending spending time exercising with their friends is something that has so much trauma attached to it that if you approach it from this place of how can we work together to make this fun for both of us, the likelihood of success is just astronomically higher. And I think again, you know, bringing light to these issues, talking about these things makes it easier for folks that have never had a challenge finding winter apparel to be more empathetic and understanding that it's not as simple as just like quickly running to a sport check or an REI to buy a new pair of wool socks. Marielle has a wealth of expertise and experience when it comes to changing the outdoor apparel landscape to make it more welcoming and accessible for the plus size community. But when I asked her what last thoughts she had for you listeners, she wanted to emphasize that this isn't just an individual or a plus size fight. I grew up playing sports that were like technically individual sports, but in reality, they're a team sport. And I view buying outdoor apparel and buying active apparel in the exact same way. It's an individual sport. And the fact is that like, yes, this is an issue that I'm facing for myself where I need to find clothing to do this activity. But it's a team sport because when we work together and try to dismantle barriers that some of us are facing that others of us are not, we are so much more likely to be successful and we are more likely to get to the end goal, which is everyone enjoying the outdoors and finding ways to interact during a pandemic safely and finding ways to get back to nature, which I think is just so healing and therapeutic for all bodies. And so instead of uh, viewing this problem as a plus size problem that plus size people need to fix, viewing it as a problem that the outdoor community needs to fix and realizing that if we're marginalizing, you know, 40% of North America, we're probably have to do some work to get those people outdoors. I think anyone that spends time in the outdoors would be so adamant about the mental and emotional importance of it 
about how helpful it is to just connect with nature, how soothing and therapeutic it is, how good it is to, you know, get that heart rate up and release serotonin and uh, find ways to enjoy being outside together. And when we view this problem as something that until we fix, everyone is losing out. I think we'll be so much more effective in tackling these barriers and in, you know, pushing that baseline. So the outdoor space is something that all bodies, regardless of size, age, race, gender, and disability challenges will feel welcome embracing. And I think that's that should be the goal. That's the team sport. The sport we are all playing is how do we get people back outdoors? And so even though for me, that might look like finding goddamn snow pants for everyone, it's finding clothing and finding the language that is needed to make everyone feel safe and welcomed in this space. Big thank you to Marielle Elizabeth for taking the time to talk. Learn more about Marielle via her social media and website, which I linked in the show notes. I also linked her essay from The Cut. It's a must read. In part two, we talk with Mom Ballin about why she started her company, Plus Snow, debunk some of the myths around supply and demand for plus size snow lovers, and learn from Mon's years in the outdoor retail industry. Part two is available now in your feed. Thank you to Icon Pass and Danner for supporting this two part series. If you enjoy listening, there are different ways to support us. You can subscribe, leave a review, and share with a friend. And if you'd like to connect, join us in the She Explores podcast Facebook group. Music in this episode is licensed through Musicbed. She Explores is hosted and produced by me, Gail Straub, and is a production of Ravel Media released on Wednesdays.